This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon. Before we talk about the fact that we're going to do a few episodes on mythological warriors, let's introduce the young man who got me to thinking about this craziness. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, please. It's great, right? It is so great. So I bet you're wondering, how did we meet Ryan? Well, Ryan is Pam's son. He trains at the Pine Island Dojo with Pam. You remember Pam, of course, from our home safety episode. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. That was <laughs> definitely had, a fun, fun one. Day. We left an awful lot. But we have to tell you that Ryan trained first. He was there before his mom and has continued on. So about five years, right? Yes. And um, of course, that dojo is under the masterful master, Sensei mm-hmm. Greg Collegian. And has Sensei Brian Bishow there, one of our most favorite black belts. And Sensei Laz, too, now. Yeah, has, let's not forget Sensei Laz, because he's awesome. Yes, he is. He really is a fighter. He oh, is. yeah. I've learned a lot of fighting techniques from Sensei Laz. He's a fighter in every sense of the word. He, he likes sparring, but he also has that indomitable spirit, which is something I like in a person. Yes. So cool, right? It's so cool to have him as your sensei. But meanwhile, Ryan... Your knowledge of mythology is great, and we are really happy to have you with us. And I know, Ryan, you're a big fan of the podcast I hear. Yeah, I listen to it like, often in the car with uh, my mom. I've definitely picked up a few things just from listening to the podcast. Like when you go into like the more like pop cultural stuff, like I know you've had an episode on um, the Super Sentai with... Um, been yes, right. yeah. been, you know, this is a spoiler alert for later in the show, but when I did look up the Monkey King's TV series, it reminded me of the Super Sentai series. Yeah. They were, had like a costume and yeah, fighting exactly. and over the top. You'd probably be surprised. It probably did inspire shows like that because yeah. Monkey King is pretty much everywhere in these Eastern cultures like China, Japan. Agree. All right. Let me get us back on track here. Okay. First off, according to a site called edtimes.in, there are over 100 different world mythologies. Did you guys know that? No, I, I did really not know that. About it. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's probably even more. They're just going to the bare minimum what they consider a mythology, maybe. So, Ryan, you might have signed us up for more than we can uh, get done here. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to start with a warrior from Chinese mythology that I had never heard of. And I honestly had never heard of him before either. I know some mythology just from school, but I've never heard of this one. But he's really fun to read about. And his name is Sun Wukong. He is known as the Monkey King. Okay, Ryan, why don't you start by saying why you thought he'd be a good place for us to get started? Well, our style is an Eastern martial art. And oftentimes, by martial artists in the East, they tend to revere Sun Wukong. So they often refer to him as the, either the Great Sage or the Fighting Buddha. And sometimes, well, they believe that they can channel his power or spirit and become more powerful. Ah. I didn't know that. That's so cool. And, and plus, he's just a fun character. He pretty much can't be beaten. He's a monkey who fights gods. He's a fun character, that's (laughs) for sure. You did a good job of picking somebody fun. I don't know if our next mythological warrior will be as much fun as this one was. Because a lot of them are very serious, I think. Do you think that's true? Yeah, a a lot of stuff from like Achilles. He's very 
dour. Yeah. He yeah, fights of right. rage. And yeah. he's not a fun person to be around. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But the Monkey King, you could invite to your party. Yeah. He's cheeky. He likes to laugh. Exactly. Mischievous. Okay. So the mythology of the Monkey King is too long for us to go into. The details is just too much. Don't we all agree? Oh, yes. Yeah. But mostly we're going to focus on his appearance in the novel Journey to the West. Correct? Correct, Sensei. You're going to give us a couple of facts on that, right, Sensei Jackie? Yes, I am. Would you believe that the book has over 100 chapters and is over 2,500 pages? I do believe it, and that's way more than my focus can pull together. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us. But what's really cool is it has its roots in Chinese mythology. And the first known writing was in a book from the 16th century. But the story is set way back in the 7th century, and it was originally printed on wood blocks which I don't know if you've ever seen anything printed on wood blocks, but it is magnificent. I saw some in the Museum of Art in New York City. Just spectacular to see. I have never seen it, but it sounds to me like a massive amount of work. Well, I think as the way I've seen it, you have to engrave it backwards so that when you stamp it, it's forward. I'm probably not using the right words. No. Definitely. That makes sense. And if you're a woodblock person... You can get in touch with us and give us a tutorial on how all that works, right? That'd be a great episode. So we will maybe put up a picture of the wood blocks on our Twitter. And where can you find our Twitter? We are all over the web at Wildcat Dojo, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And if you add .com, that's our website. On Instagram, we're Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Or send us an email at dojoconversations at aol.com. And Sensei, while I'm talking, I do want to say that I really enjoyed reading about this. I didn't read the book, like Sensei Michelle said. Reading a 2,500-page book is a little bit out of my league. Thank you. But the whole topic of it, it's very interesting. (laughs) He's described as irreverent, strong, funny, and of course, larger than life. So that's a good start, right, guys? It surely is, Sensei. And before we get going, are you going to name our sources, Sensei Jackie? I'll try. We got a lot of information from nationsonline.org, a YouTube site called The Mythology Guy, Mm -hmm. Mythopedia, factsanddetails.com, and of course, Ryan's Brain. That's our favorite source. (laughs) I wonder if we have to put a dot com. (laughs) I love Ryan's Brain, but I also love factsanddetails.com. That seems like quite the interesting website. Yeah, did you check it out? I didn't, but now I am going to. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this guy. And of course, we're going to use our usual round robin method. And I believe, Ryan, you're going to start us out. So you already mentioned that he's known as the Monkey King. He's immortal. And this is interesting. There are a lot of stories about how he got this way. One is he learned his secret mortality from one of his masters. And another is he traveled into the underworld and removed his name from the Book of Mortals. I got to say, the second one sounds creepy and also very adventurous. Yeah. Right? Very adventurous. Right? Yeah. So basically in Chinese mythology, there's uh, King Yama. And he's kind of like the Chinese Hades, you know, Hades from Greek mythology. And basically, he's more of a bureaucrat of the dead. So he's constantly <laughs> writing down all these ledgers and notes about who's alive, That's who's dead. Funny. And uh, I think some Wukong actually finds that he's dead. And he goes, it goes, says like 347 years, a life well lived. Right. And he goes, no, I can't have this. <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> But That's all that funny. is not in the Journey to the West. Journey to the West is actually about another main character, and, and Sun Wukong is a supporting actor. Yes. But I just want to go back to the immortality thing. 
Am I the only person sitting at this table who thinks that would be a huge burden to be immortal? Yeah. Like this is going on and on forever. I'm so tired already. <laughs> well, he's actually got to outlive the sun and the moon and stars. <laughs> he's actually going to, he's so immortal that he's going to live multiple universes. In his plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how <laughs> big this guy's persona is to himself. It's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe he should listen to our episode on ego. Mm. <laughs> Whoa, that was a dig. <laughs> I was not expecting that to come. Especially not from Sensei Jack. Wow. Okay, we got to get back to Sun Wukong slash the Monkey King. Yes. And his powers, and my favorite part, his weapon. Will you start me out, Ryan? Yes, Sensei. So it wasn't until he had the job of protecting the monk character, Sun Zhang, that he got his armors, the, the golden chainmail shirt, the phoenix feathered cap, the cloud walking boots, an eight-ton staff that can shrink to the size of a needle. Wow. Chainmail is something, isn't it? And cloud-walking boots are also right? pretty cool. I mean, that kind of reminds me of modern crazy technology. Oh, you're right. I, I see a connection there. That's true. Maybe when like we listen back to this in 50 years, I'm like, oh, I remember those days <laughs> where we didn't have cloud-walking boots. <laughs> I would love to be able to walk in the sky. Yes. Landon, please put us back on track. Where are we? Well, from science to books, I mean, I guess <laughs> that's quite the topic change there. And we're a karate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're really off track. Anyway, there are three spirit helpers to the main character. They all sound a little weird, but that's okay. They're pretty interesting. One is a pig. Another is a man-eating water spirit. But the Monkey King is the most violent. And it's the craziest. And like we mentioned before, he has the really cool bow staff. And without a doubt, he's everyone's favorite character in the story. Even though yesterday I watched a movie of the Monkey King and the pig was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to say the Monkey King wasn't my favorite. No, the Monkey King was my favorite. I mean, he just knew everything and he could do anything. But the pig, well, he, they made him go on a diet. Oh, I've heard like in the original story, like he gets the least rewarded out of all of them. Like, That's he, right. Yeah. He, like Sun Wukong becomes the Buddha, spoiler. And but he gets <laughs> like uh, something like he attends a shrine or something. And then that's it. Right. He, they all get prizes at the end for their hard work. And his is the least of the prizes. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the Wizard of Oz. But going back to the Monkey King, I'm not sure how we got off of him. <laughs> I read that before he found meaning in helping the protagonist of this book, his main aim, are you ready, was to take over the world. All right. And that is right back to what you say, how he wanted to outlive the sun and the moon. Yeah. Right? He wants to take over the entire cosmos. He wants to replace the king of the gods. So, of course, in my childish brain, I got to thinking about my all-time favorite cartoon, Pinky and the Brain, and how Brain's job is to take over, over the, the world. world. <laughs> and that's the finishing line of every episode. So if you've never seen it, you absolutely have to set that up on YouTube, right? Yeah. What are we going to do tonight, Brain? We're going to take, take over, over the, the world. world. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. I know I got us off track. We're never going to finish this. Never. <laughs> That's okay because I'm having a good time. Oh, good. We get to jump to the Monkey King's weapon. Now, this is the part I've been waiting for, right? Yes. I think we mentioned it multiple times already. It's magic. And frankly, I love magic. Do you guys also love magic? Magic. Yes. Magic. So, well, of course, we're round robining. And of course, we're going to say things about the bow staff. I read that it was called, and I'm quoting this part, the As You Will Fold Banded Cudgel. 
True. And that's because it had some sort of consciousness that would do what Sun Wukong told it to do. It would get bigger, smaller, longer, thicker, and responded to its touch. As an example, it started off at 20 feet long, but would shrink when Sun Wukong wished it to. And to keep it away from his enemies, he would often um, shrink it down to the size of a hairpin and put it right behind his ear. I love that part. <laughs> That's amazing. How cool would it be to have a weapon that you could keep behind your ear, but then when you take it out, you can make it big? Yeah, that would be oh so cool. Oh my gosh. I think we should invent it. I do think we should invent it. Have a little tiny, tiny, tiny button that will make it bigger. <laughs> and or we could do an entire episode on weapons we would invent. Ooh. How much fun would that be? Oh, definitely. Right? Okay, who's up? We're talking weapons. I'll keep it going. The bow staff was able to multiply itself and also pick locks. All the monkey gang had to do was point it at the lock. That's actually pretty crazy to think. I know, and I love that idea. And I've got two more. It could control the oceans, and it could morph into other things like a straight razor or a drill, which I think would be so cool because then you wouldn't have to have all those tools in your car. So it was like the Swiss army knife of bows. That's it. That's all you needed. That's it. I mean, I'm totally psyched with this weapon. Okay, Ryan, where are we going? All right. So he also had the power to shapeshift, which he learned from his Taoist master in the cave, where he also learned immortality. And of course, he's a bit of a show off of his new power, and he transforms to a pine tree and gets himself kicked out of the school because that was just so <laughs> egregious. That's a good one. He also was able to, um, during a fight with a god of war, he turned himself into a temple to, to hide. And um, what gave it away was he had to transform his tail too. So all he could transform his tail into was a flagpole. Oh. And the, the god of war walks up to the temple and goes, hey, I've never seen a temple with a flagpole in front of it. That's some Wukong. <laughs> ah, good one. Very good one. I loved it. Have you ever thought about what you'd like to be able to morph into? I really believe we've talked about this before on the show. We have, but I forget what I said. Well, I know that I've talked about wanting to be the invisibility cloak, you know, the one from Harry Potter. But as as far as what I'd like to morph myself into, I think sometimes I'd like to be able to morph into like um, silly putty and where I could just ooze in and out of any place I wanted to and then like flip over the side of a drawer and just hang there for a while so I could hear what people had to say. I'm going to go today with something I've never done before and say a dragon. Because then I get fiery breath, the ability to fly, plus I'm big and scary. All three things that I love. That's true. How about you? Do you ever think about anything like that? It's a silly question. Only silly people think like this. I think (laughs) it would definitely have to be something with flight. Because you get to walk everywhere, drive everywhere, you can snorkel, but you really can't fly like as you will. So it would be a bird or something like that. See, that's my usual Usually I go Eagle Hawk because I love those. But today I went bigger. (laughs) I think he's influencing me, the Monkey King. (laughs) You you can do everything. I know. Okay, Landon, are you going to morph or are you going to push us on? I think I would morph into a cheetah. I think that would be very fast. Seems quite cool. Oh, I love the cat ones. We're already finishing this one up. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. It went so fast. I know, but that's because we're having a good time. Okay, no one who listens to this podcast will be surprised that I'm going to finish with both literature and pop culture. Chucker. <laughs> Who's going first? I'd like to start with something from the BBC. Done. They said that this mythological story has been told and retold for centuries in China. It's seen in art, 
cultural festivals, and this writer even mentioned a 1970 Japanese kids TV series called Monkey or Monkey Magic. It was a live action series that had a big cult following because of the way it was voiced over in English, and it even had those bad special effects. (laughs) As soon as I read this, I looked it up, and it was a riot. Anybody else see it? Have you seen it, Ryan? No, I've seen like um, the Chinese film that I think came out like a few years ago and that like made like a crazy amount of money. But I think we might mention that one too. Yeah. I tried to find it and I guess my YouTube time wasn't good, but, (laughs) but I did see a Monkey King movie in English that was very campy and fun to watch. It had the goddess and the man and they... The goddess transformed the bad guys into earthworms. So it was really <laughs> fun. Was it an old one or was it more new? Like yours, the one you mentioned, Ryan, was new. So therefore the special effects were better, if not excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really high quality. I think that's a lot of Netflix did something, but I'm not positive. Um, this was newer. Ah, probably, probably 80s, 90s time. Mine reminded me of Super Sentai where just all the special effects are super campy and therefore super fun to watch. <laughs> but we need to push. Ryan, where are we going? Oh, Sensei, all spirit warriors are journey to the West have show up in video games. One was called Defense of the Ancients and was a multiplayer online game. And of course, the character Son Goku from Dragon Ball is inspired by the Monkey King, with a series starring out as a parody of Journey to the West. Also, I'd like to add that recently I found out that there was a game I'd like to play, Link's Awakening, and that was actually based off an episode from some Wukong's adventure where oh. um, this character Link, he gets stuck in a world that's dreamed up by the windfish. Wow. And it's like this false dream world. And Sun Wukong had an adventure just like that. Wow. See, this makes me want to spend more time looking at video games, but there is no more time. I'm tapping out for time here. Ba-dum-bum. Anybody got anything else to say about pop culture? You know, it's one of my favorite subjects. It is, but this was a great episode, and I'm glad that we were able to tie pop culture into it. (laughs) I know. I am, too. I always like when we get to go modern and ancient at the same time, and I do believe we've got most of this covered. But if you're out there and you want to add something, get in touch with us, right? Oh, I certainly hope so. Okay. Where do you think we're going to go from here, Ryan? What period or mythological area do you think we should cover next? Well, everyone loves Thor. And I think Thor has oh. some of the most Sun Wukong-ish kind of adventures where he fights giants. I love he Thor. Age, so that'd be something to, to go into. I'm making a note. Yay. Great idea. Excellent. And there's lots of movies lately on Thor. That's yeah. for sure. Sure, Thor. He's in one of the uh, franchises, isn't he? Yeah. It's one of like the main Avengers. There oh, he's go. an Avenger? Okay. Yeah. All right. Happily, sadly, or... Neutrally, it's time for Honor Honor Athletics, of course. course. And you may not be able to buy a bow staff like the one that Sun Wukong had, but you can buy a bow at Honor Athletics. As well as many other things. Us. And you can reach Cynthia either by scrolling down, click on her website, or at honor-athletics.com. Or you can give her a call at 770-945-5150. But don't forget, when you're checking out, make sure that you mention Wildcat Dojo, because that way you will get your 10% discount. Thank you, Cynthia, for all your support through these years. We're coming up on three years, guys. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I know. I'm excited, too. So next on the agenda is for me to say thank you. You're welcome. 
I, I am love being so on the show. happy you were here. Thank you. I would say you're going to come back, right? But I know you're coming back because we're doing Thor. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that should be another fun one. I'm looking forward to it, aren't you guys? Oh, definitely. There's a lot to learn. Well, you know, I'm a huge mythology fan. Did you guys know that? No, I didn't know, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, huge mythology fan. But most of what I do is listen, like to um, shows about it, or watch. I, I have done a little bit of reading about it, but not as much as a grown-up would have. Well, hmm. think about this. Well, people in ancient times, when you heard about mythology, they weren't reading like by themselves. They were hearing some guy at a street corner telling, telling stories, stories orally. And that guy learned that from his father and his father before him. So it really wasn't written down to maybe a thousand years ago or so. Exactly. See, he makes me feel better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until the next time when we go back to mythology, you we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger, I guess. Ah. All right. Start out my goodbyes, Mr. Landon. Bye, everybody. I will see you next time. Sayonara. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Hope you had a good time. We did. It was fun. And on that note, I'm going to sign us off. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.